Yeah, first things first. So um, I'm just going to pray because I feel like the Lord wants to make sure that we're hearing what he wants us to hear and seeing what he wants us to see. So um, I just feel like right now, yeah. So in the name of Jesus, I just renounce any spirit of doubt, any spirit of fear, um, any lying, deceiving spirits that are whispering to people right now, trying to keep them from the truth of your word. We just renounce all that right now in the name of Jesus. We just break them off of this congregation, and we command them in the name of Jesus to leave. And Lord, I just pray that as we go into this time of seeking you and seeking what it is that you want to tell us, Lord, that I just pray that everyone's eyes would be open um, to see what it is that you want them to see and to hear what it is you want them to hear, Lord. The spirit of truth would, would, would just resonate in them, and just the, the Holy Spirit would just move in this place, Lord, and um, just... Yeah, just fill them with your spirit and give them just a supernatural wisdom and discernment and understanding. So I just pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've been talking the last, I don't know how long now, a few weeks about um, the Holy Spirit, you know, the, the spirit of Jesus and the different things he, he is to us and how he, um, how he changes us and transforms us and... Um, Aaron said I could talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, and that was, at first it was really dangerous, but the Holy Spirit pulled me back in, um, so I just felt like the, the, the next piece of that is, is that, you know, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus comes into each one of us and transforms us from the inside out, right? We start to become more of what he has called us to be, not who we see ourselves as or even the world sees us. But the, the next piece of that in my mind, and that's what I want to kind of talk about today, is, you know, um, once we receive that spirit of Jesus and it transforms us, what's next? What do we do with that? Right? Because the reality of it is, is the Holy Spirit doesn't make his home in you just so that he can stay at home on Friday night. He doesn't make his home in you so that he can just come to church on Sunday. The reality of what happens up here is that you come here on Sunday so you can learn how to go home and have church Monday through Saturday. And I think that's what the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to me in, in this message that he's wanting me to share with you. <laughs> um, is what do we do with that once the Spirit moves on us and we start to be transformed into something new, and we start to think, okay, well, now what? what's next? So that's what I want to kind of dig into. I did just want to take just a couple of minutes um, and talk about I-68 Ministries, not because it's about I-68 Ministries, but because it will tie into this. Um, and trust me, it, it's very uncomfortable for me to talk about anything that Somebody could misconstrue that I'm trying to push an agenda because that's not what I'm doing. It's simply just an explanation of where we're going. So in 2011, I think it was, uh, my wife and I started I-68 Ministries, and there's a lot of reasons and a lot of stories around why. And um, the, the short version of it is is that um, we had, in previous lives, had struggled with various things. But at that time in our life, we found out that our son was, um, was a heroin addict. And it was not an easy time for us, and we learned a lot of things, and we've seen a lot of people struggling, um, and the Lord just kind of spoke to us that we needed to do something. So we, we started this ministry um, focused on helping people with addiction, and there's, yeah, we don't have enough time for that, but there's a lot of stories I could share, but the whole point of it was is that through that whole process, the Lord was changing us. And he was changing us into what he sees us to be, not who we saw ourselves as. And even in the midst of that ministry, there was a lot of things that we were doing right. But here recently, and I'm, I'm actually, I'm really excited to share this just because um, this is our church. This is our home church. And, you know, we, Residence Church was one of the first churches that supported our ministry. 
Um, Free People Church continues to support us both, you know, on Sundays and in other ways. And it's just, it's an honor to be a part of that. And it's a privilege to even be up here speaking to my family because I love you guys. Um, But the, and for those that don't know me, this is me being excited. So this is, (laughs) yeah, I I just don't get real excitable. Um, So few weeks ago, I don't remember when it was, but I kind of had a, I took a silent retreat and went away for like four, four days, Um, two months ago, is that what it was? My wife keeps me straight, two months ago, I don't know, I can't keep track of time. So two months ago, I did a silent retreat for four days, and in that time, the Lord was speaking to me a, a new vision, and in a loving way, he allowed me to see sort of the history of I-68 Ministries, and (laughs) I saw where we did things right, and I saw where we didn't do things right. I saw where we got out in front of God and some things, and what he had planned, we kind of got off track, and so it was like a resetting time, Um, and all that to say that, you know, he kind of brought us back and gave us a new vision of what I-68 is, so I just want to real quick share that with you, um, because I think that as we dig further into this message, you'll understand why. But so, um, you know, we're, we're, our goal is to establish the culture of heaven on earth through partnering with God in the work that he's already doing through the power given to us by the Holy Spirit for our King Jesus. So that's kind of our vision statement, right? But um, before we were very focused singly, you know, one person at a time, on trying to help that person with wherever they were at in their recovery journey, and um, whether it be they needed help with detox or they needed, you know, um, needed help finding a job, place to live, whatever it was, you know, wherever the Holy Spirit led. But we just we f- we feel like there's just a tug to go deeper into what the Lord has been calling us to do, and um, you know, we we're supposed to be casting our nets into deeper waters, trying to catch all sorts of fishes, like not just one specific fish, but at the same time, we have to be careful because there's a lot of good things and we can get off track and we can do a lot of good things and not accomplish much because we're too spread out and too unfocused. So the Lord did give us a pretty specific vision for I-6-8 and what we want to do, and I'll just kind of recap it real quick, but we want to be a a quote-unquote like a training facility of sorts, right, to help disciple people. Um, not just those struggling with addiction, but other people as well. We want to be a hospital for spiritual healing. We want to be a ministry of outreach. We want a culture that's focused on both the care and the aftercare of people, of God's people, and just to be a people of God with prayer as our core function. And through that, that's what we intend to see. Uh, We intend to see God restore and awaken communities. Um, The hope is, is that through some of the things that we're starting to do, that we can create something that's replicatable because I believe that that's the whole intent of the gospel. It's not for one. It's to multiply, right? And I I, I hope that we can create something for the kingdom that's replicatable that can go other places. You know, and I just feel like that this rebuilding of communities is, it's taking back territory for the kingdom of God. You know, it fans the flames of revival, and it just, it'll spread, it'll just spread like a firestorm. So all that to say that kind of the, you can't see it on my notes and I didn't get a slide, but so prayer is the core function and then kind of the four (laughs) spokes of that wheel, I guess you could say, is like the spiritual hospital, the discipleship training, aftercare and outreach. So while those are still pretty broad, it's still very specific. Um, Yeah, so all that to say, there's a lot of new things that we're doing and we'll be Giving more information out to folks soon, but um, for those that follow us on Facebook and stuff, that'll you'll start to see some stuff there. But all that to say, I'm really excited because I think that the question that I six eight was kind of founded on, you know, it was it was a lot to do with State Route 68 in Mount Auburn where we were at. But the core of I six eight is, you know, that's Isaiah six eight. You know, and I heard the voice of the Lord saying, "Whom shall I send? Who will go for us?" And I said, "Here I am. Send me." And I think that's the question that God's asking each one of us. <laughs> I think that's the question He's asking each one of us. You get the Holy Spirit. You get. You start to see this transformation in your life. But what do you do next, right? And that's that's the question. 
So that's the that's the 50 cent tour on I-68 and where we're going. And it will tie in, I promise you. All right, so we're ready to get started. So the, <laughs> yeah, the core, the core thing, or the core verse, I guess, foundational verse I want to want to read is, um, it's one of my favorites, but it's uh, it's actually in Luke 14, verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Every time I read that, I just think that's Jesus' mission statement, right? That's what, that's what he's here, that's what he came for. And the other thing that I really just love about that as you dig into it, so He's quoting from Isaiah, right? And when he's when he's reading that scroll, but he stops, right? Because over in Isaiah, in Isaiah sixty-one one, after he says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, Isaiah says, "And the day of vengeance of our God," which is pretty significant. I don't know if you ever caught that or not, but. Um, so why do you think Jesus left off the, the day of vengeance? Because that's the second coming, right? Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came not to judge the world, but to save the world. That's in John, uh, was it John twelve forty seven? You know, that doesn't mean that judgment isn't coming. It means that Jesus came to fulfill this mission. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and to set those free who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord is referring to uh, the year of Jubilee, which was every 50 years where um, all debts were erased, everything was wiped clean, and um, that's what Jesus came for. That's his mission. But I think that if you jump over into... I'm going to, I'm just going to warn you. I got I got a lot of little orange tabs in my Bible, so we're going to go to a lot of different places. <laughs> so um yeah. So we're going to jump over to John 14. John 14, 12 through 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father. And he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And then I love verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So when you read that, if you take into account Luke 4.18 as Jesus' mission... When I read John 14, 12 through 18, it's an invitation. You know, we know that God didn't come to judge the world, but to save the world. The answered prayer and the promise of the helper. He's promised us to to give us the helper. And in my mind, he's given us that helper for what? To continue the mission he started. even tells us we're always going to have the poor. It doesn't mean that his mission was complete. His mission was to equip the church to continue that mission that he started. It doesn't mean that Jesus didn't complete what he was sent to do. He absolutely did. The cross was enough. It, 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 it completed his part of the mission. But the mission is bigger. The mission includes the church. 
You know, so it's an invitation to partner with him. And if you go back into, you know, into um, verse 12, yeah. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. So how do you think he did this? How do you think he did that work? I mean, Jesus was God in the flesh, right? So he left heaven, came to earth. I think the answer to that is in Luke 4, in that first one. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So in my mind, when I read that, Jesus, the Spirit of Jesus... (laughs) The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus for the work of his mission, the mission that's called out in Luke 4, 18. Right? So how, how did Jesus preach the gospel to the poor and set the captives free and heal the brokenhearted through the anointing of the Holy Spirit? And it's through that anointing of the Holy Spirit when Jesus ascended and he said he was going to send the helper to us. That's part of what the Holy Spirit does. That's what... That's what he's here for, is to guide us and to teach us and to transform us. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of people tend to focus on the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm going to switch gears for just a second. Galatians 5, through 26. I guess I should read that for you. I need bigger tabs, Lynn, wherever my wife went. So anyway, what, what I'm, the point is, is the fruit of the Spirit, right? A lot of times people think about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, and they think that means that those are things we have to work on. And while that's not a bad thing, if you take that whole list... And you try to work on all those at the same time in our own strength, we don't get very far. The whole point of that is, is that scripture, it's fruit of the spirit. It's singular. It's not plural. All that comes together on our own. We can't accomplish that. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in us to transform us. Because when the Holy Spirit is in us and and he is working on us and we fully surrender to the Holy Spirit to allow him to work on all these things in us, that's when they all grow together. And I think the whole purpose of the fruit of the Spirit is to transform us into who God sees us as, who God has called us to be. And so many times I think that we think that we need to focus on those to, to, to be better, to be closer to God, to do this or to do that. And, and we focus on that fruit. You know, it's like, well, I just need more patience. So I'm going to focus on patience. I'm going to focus on patience. And the reality of it is, is that what you need to focus on, and we all need to focus on, is, is that surrender to the Holy Spirit and allow Him to transform us into who He created us to be. Um, I had a, just a, like a, an image one time, I'll just share real quick, of what, trying to get a grip in my own mind of what prophecy was. So I saw it was like a book that was, it was sitting on the shelf, and it was just, looked like it had been sitting there forever. It was all dusty and covered with cobwebs and, and, um, people would just walk by it and not even look at it because it was so, just look like, you know, you look at that and you think, well, nobody's open and read that. That can't be worth reading, right? So you just leave it on the shelf. But what prophecy is, is it, it <laughs> in my mind anyway, it, it, God <sighs> blows the dust off and he opens up the book to reveal who the author wrote about, the story that God wrote for you. Prophecy reveals what God sees you as what God is speaking into your life, what God created you to be, not to lay on a shelf and get covered with dust, but for the story of what the author intended to be released. And all that to say, when we surrender to the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, the fruit of the Spirit transforms us into a closer image of what the story was supposed to be, right? So all of that to say that... um, 
we can't confuse the fruit of the Spirit with the gift of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit transforms our character. Gifts of the Spirit are for the work of ministry. But I do believe that as the the Holy Spirit works in us and the fruit of the Spirit, as the fruit of the Spirit grows in us, it positions us and it matures us in such a way that we're better able to steward the gifts of the Spirit. So if we want to experience all that God has for us, and then, you know, Scripture even says to earnestly seek all the gifts, if we're if we're not growing and maturing through surrender to the Holy Spirit to transform our character, we're not going to be in a position to receive and steward the gifts of the Spirit. So it's about, you know, it's about a, it's, it's the posture of our heart. You know, what's the motive behind seeking those gifts? I think that, I think God does want us to seek gifts. I mean, it's, you know, as, as a father, it's like, you know, I want my kids to, you know, to enjoy things when they were little, you know, you'd get, you'd buy them a toy and it wasn't just so that you could spend money and say, you know, check the box. Yeah, I bought them a toy because you wanted them to enjoy it and to be able to, to experience what you were trying to allow them to experience. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, but a lot of times we, we confuse that and we think that the gifts of the spirit are just to, to better our lives, to, you know, some of them uh, just to make us feel better. And that's never been the intent of the gifts of the Spirit. Everything is about, um, it's about love, you know. Yeah. So as the fruit matures, we're better able to steward those gifts. And the gifts, um, and I'm not going to go through all the gifts because that's not, that's a whole different sets of messages. But, um I do want to touch real quick on just a, a couple of things in the gifts of the Spirit. And trust me, it'll, it'll make sense when, when we get there. So there's, there's actually, the Bible talks about gifts, you know, in, in a couple of different places. And I think a lot of times um, we can confuse them. I mean, all, all gifts come from Father God, right? But... In Romans 12, um, let's see, Romans 12, 6 through 8. Actually, let me just read that. Romans 12, 6 through 8. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that God has given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering, he who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberally. He who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So Romans 12 is talking about gifts. Those are the gifts from God. And that's not an exhaustive list, right? That's just, it's just examples. But those are gifts that are given to us at birth. Those are the things that um, some people, you know, you've heard people say, you know, he's a natural-born leader, you know. And whether or not that, that's not on a person's um, own ability, it's a gifting from God. So those are gifts from God that are given at birth, um, and it's kind of how people are wired. So then if you jump over to Ephesians, and we'll talk a little bit more about this one, but um, Ephesians 4, 4 through 16. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. 
Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended for far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. This is the important verse. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Ephesians 4 is talking about those are, those are gifts from Jesus. It says that Jesus gave that gift to the church. And he gave it to the church to equip the church, to equip the saints. So to, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying or building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So until, until we reach that, that, that full stature, that full maturity in Christ, those gifts from Jesus, which are the apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, are to equip the saints. And I think that <laughs> there's a lot of... Uh, Especially, it seems like more more so in, in Western church culture, um, there's a lot of confusion around that, and we think that you know we come to Sundays, you know, come to church on Sunday, and that that it's the whoever's standing on stage, it's the, it's their job to take care of all that work. You know, we just we just go to work, um, work our job, you know, do our nine to five, do our tithes, give the give the pastor money so the pastor can go take care of things, right? That's never been the intentions. The intentions with that was Jesus gave those gifts to the church to equip you all. And not just this church. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the the church at, at large to equip that church to do the work of ministry. Each person here is a minister. And each person here has an invitation from John 12, 47, or I'm sorry, John 14. To join Jesus in his mission that we talked about in Luke 4, right? That's not just for the pastors and the, the, the teachers, the evangelists, the prophets, and, the, you know, and the, the apostles to do that work. Their job is simply to train you to do that work. I had a... Uh, <laughs> I had a vision one day. I was... Um, thinking about like just the church in general and uh, and I'm not talking specifically to this church this is this is just in general so I was I was sitting in a church building and I was looking around and you know the church was full of people and it's gonna sound a little weird like they they they, kind of transformed and everybody was sitting in their seats but they had they had human bodies but they had bird heads okay and it was like you see, you know, um, like baby birds, and they they were all just holding their mouth open, you know, waiting. And then the pastor that was on stage was running around frantically trying to feed each person. And I'm like, Lord, that's, you know, that's weird. What are you trying to show me in this, you know? Um <laughs> So it sounds kind of funny, but the, the sad part is, is, is what happened was is as the birds grew from being the baby birds into the more, you know, the, 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 I won't say mature because they weren't maturing. That's the problem. They were growing larger. They were growing larger, and they were hungrier. And no matter how hard the pastor, the mama bird, how, no matter how hard mama bird tried to feed them, she couldn't keep them all fed. They couldn't keep, keep fed, so as they weren't being fed enough, what happened? They start turning... And they start turning on each other. And they start pecking each other. And because they're not getting what they need from up here. But it's never been God's design nor intent for one person to feed the whole flock. It's only been his intent 
to equip you all to do the work. He wants everyone to partake in that mission of Luke 4. Trying to stay on track. Okay, so we talked about Romans 12, which is the gifts from God. Those are kind of things like I always kind of equate like Paul pre-Jesus was a very passionate, charismatic um, zealous person for the Lord. You know, I think he was a, a leader of men. But it was for the wrong intentions at that time, right? Post-Jesus, God didn't change those traits in him. He used them for something different, right? So those are the gifts from God that, that we get. They, they mature as we, as we mature. Um, and they're given to us at birth, but, you know, because we are created in God's image. But quite honestly, I, I don't know that we ever really fully start walking in those gifts until salvation because they are a gift from God. I think we can receive, you know, we can operate in some form of it if it's how God has designed us, sort of our, you know, our, our DNA, I guess. Um, but it's like it's supernaturally activated at salvation because now it's being used for God's purpose. Um, and then Ephesians 4 was the gifts of, of Jesus to the church, right? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and then 1 Corinthians 12, which we did a, a group on Wednesdays where we kind of went through all of this last time around. i got to be honest, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, so let's see, let's start in... Whoops, wrong tab. So in 1 Corinthians 12, I'm just going to start in, uh, yeah, I'm going to start verse 3. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking of the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So 1 Corinthians talks about the Spirit, um, the gifts of the Spirit. And taking a minute just to kind of talk through these, because I think um, all three, you know, the gifts of God, gifts from Jesus to the church and the gifts of the Spirit all play a role in how the Holy Spirit can work in and on us um, to further the kingdom. Because I think at the end of the day, that's the whole point of it, right? God puts us together, knits us in our mother's womb, knowing what works he's prepared. Let me just clarify too. All this that I'm talking about, all these gifts to use, to do this, to do that, none of that has to do with salvation. I'm not talking about gifts earning salvation. I'm just talking about salvation is a free gift from God, but what I am talking about is, is that I think that once we receive that free gift 
through the love he shows us and how our heart is transformed through the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we start to respond to God out of love. And, and the more we grow in that love, the more we have a desire to, to serve. And I think that these gifts are simply that. It's how the Holy Spirit equips us. You know, we talked last week about the Holy Spirit comforting us. That, you know, he's equipping us to do these works. He's equipping us for building up his church to continue to grow his church, to continue the mission that Jesus started, we talked about in Luke 4. And it also talks about, um, you know, these are given through grace. And Lynn and I was watching, I think it was Chris Fallotton, and uh, I don't remember what he was even speaking on, but he was talking about grace being the, that grace is the operational power of God. You know, a lot of times we read the word grace and we just kind of skim over it thinking, oh, that's, you know, you know, thank God for grace. I don't get what I deserve. And, you know, and, and that is true. But it's also the operational power of God that through his grace, he allows us to partner with him and allows us to operate with him. It, it, it actually, it's the, it's the power source for the kingdom. So the whole reason for the gifts of the Spirit is to, that's funny, I just realized I got all these notebooks and stuff, and then I got I got an $1,100 paperweight. <laughs> all right. So the gifts of the Spirit are to edify and uplift the church, right? They're meant to help others to build and mature the body, you know. And I think that it is right for us to seek all the gifts the Word tells us to. And why? So that we can advance the kingdom, you know. We're invited to partner in this work that, that Jesus started. Through the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the gifting of the Spirit, we can partner with this work. And I think that it's so important to just, you know, to, to also remind ourselves that, you know, when we start operating in the gifts of the Spirit, you know, when we're, it's about stewardship too, right? I mean, if we're abusing what we're being given, is he going to continue to pour out more on us or is he going to, eh, maybe he's not ready for that, right? So God, God's going to maybe do a little more maturing and pruning and, and preparing us to be able to steward those gifts because there is a lot of power in that. I mean, like I said, that's the operational power of God. And it's not to be used lightly. It's not, you know, we need to focus on the giver, not the gifts, right? And we need to um, remember why we're receiving the gifts and what the motivation of our heart is. And, and it's, it's always got to be, um, you know, we've got to be motivated out of love for others. And I think that when we do that, um, we start to experience more of the gifts and and you know some of them we don't always understand them and that's okay um, because God will allow us to um, learn and grow right we're not going to instantly understand everything that God does because if we did would we really need God and I think he wants us dependent on him yeah that's a different sermon uh, okay so all that to say, you know, as we transform with the fruit of the Spirit growing in us because of the power of the Holy Spirit, we learn to better steward the gifts that we've received. Um, and we ask that question of what will we do next? You know, what will we do with what the Holy Spirit is doing in and through us? And I think that, yeah, if we seek to partner if we seek to partner with and continue that mission that Jesus started in Luke 4 <laughs> that was prophesied 2,700 years earlier than that through Isaiah um, that was conceived how many more years prior to that in, at the beginning. So it's always been God's plan to use each one of us to participate in the kingdom, to be a part of his story. But I think in order to do that, we need to be surrendered to him. 
I think we need to be willing to answer that call. I think that's the same question that Isaiah was being asked 20, 2,700 years ago in Isaiah 6, 8. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? So that's the same question we all have to answer, you know. Is it me? Is it you? And that doesn't look the same for everybody. It doesn't, you know, everybody's not, everybody's not, um, a missionary to China. Everybody's not a pastor. Everybody's not um, called to full-time ministry. But I do believe that everybody is called to participate in the kingdom of God. And I believe that I believe that if we got a hold of what the early church did in Acts that we could really start writing the next chapters in the book of Acts. And I think that I think that God is speaking to some of you right now and I think there's a lot of things that the world says that that tries to drive us away from what God's doing what God wants to do. In the book that he wrote about you, where he wrote down all the gold nuggets about you, that's sitting on a shelf, getting covered with dust, covered in cobwebs. I just feel like the Lord just wants to breathe life into those dreams, into those visions, and the hopes that he put in each one of you, just to reignite those hopes. And I think that that's where revival comes from, is when our own hope and dream is reignited, and we want other people to experience that. And I just want to encourage you that whatever that next step looks like, if God's calling you to it, to be obedient to what he's calling you and to be available when he calls you because it's going to be way better than we can do on our own, right? But a lot of times what we see in the physical world doesn't make much sense to us. And then we wonder, you know, if we could see the spiritual realm, like that's going to make more sense to us. And, yeah, I think, I don't remember exactly where, I think it was when he was talking to Nicodemus, but you don't understand earthly things, how are you going to understand heavenly things? So I just pray right now that each one of us would have just a better understanding of what God is speaking to each one of us, and whatever that step is, and for each one it's different, right? I mean, I do believe there are certain ones in here that are called to ministry, there are people that are called to ministry. There are people that are called to ministry. Some are, are full-time ministry. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Every one of you is called to ministry. It's just a matter of where, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in schools, Kroger, wherever it's at. But I, I guess the question that I'm asking is, is are you going to accept that call? Are you going to partner with God? in the work that Jesus started. Yeah, so... (laughs) I'm not going to start on that because that will be another week. I just feel like the Lord is speaking to people right now. I just want to give him a minute to do what he's doing. Because I think he's, he's showing some people the dreams that they had that were buried. He's blowing the dust off the book right now. He's speaking directly to some of you right now.
So I just want to give him a minute. For some of you, it's just uh, taking that next step, right? For some of it's it's volunteering, some of it's serving, some of it's um, talking to that coworker. Um, Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed us to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent us to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set those free who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I just want to encourage uh, any of you that may be feeling God's tug to um, to do something different than what you've been doing, and I'm not I'm not trying to condemn. I mean, some of you may be doing exactly what the God, what the Lord is calling you to do, and that's great. I just know for me, um, no matter how hard I work, it's not about how hard I work; it's about staying focused on Him and doing the things that He calls me to do. Not trying to do things just to be doing things, but trying to do the things that the Lord is calling me to do. So that's, that's my, I'm just going to pray here in a second. But uh, before I do, I just, you know, um, I want to encourage each one of you to, you know, whatever the Lord's speaking to you, whether, I'm just going to open it up because quite honestly, there's some depression over here that really just needs to go. Um <clears throat> Whatever it is that you're needing today, whatever you came in here with, there's a ministry team that is equipped and anointed to pray with you. So whatever it is, whether it's healing, whether it's emotional, physical, um, freedom, or just more wisdom, discernment, and clarity, someone to partner and pray into with you, what God is saying your next step is, whether it's to volunteer, to uh, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> there's, there is freedom in this house. We've been talking for weeks about how the Holy Spirit has, is making us free people. So my encouragement today is for you all to go free people. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity to share a little bit of what you've put on my heart. Lord, I just pray right now that your spirit would continue to speak to the people that are gathered here. I pray that you would just reveal to them what it is that you're speaking over their lives. Lord, you know exactly what it is they need. And I just pray that you would just even now start ministering to them. Just let your angels minister to them. I pray that you would allow each one of us to hear your voice so clearly today, Lord, to partner with you, not out of an act of duty, but out of love and a desire to truly love our neighbors as we love ourselves and to love you and to seek your face and to, to, to just seek and pursue all the gifts so that we might be a blessing to others, so that we can pour out what you freely give to us to build up the church. 
Lord, I pray that we never sit in these seats looking to this stage for our only feeding. I pray that you mature each one of us to allow us to take that on, to feed others. And Lord, I just pray for just a a release of spiritual gifts even now. Lord, as you just increase the, the maturity of your body and allow them to steward gifts in a, in a, just in a profound and powerful way to advance the kingdom of God. I thought I was done. Lord, I pray for the totality of the fivefold ministry to work in this church. Because through that totality of the fivefold ministry working in the church today, that's how the church will reach the full capacity of what it is that God intended when Jesus gave those gifts to the church. Lord, I, I just thank you that When the church operates in the fivefold ministry, I feel like the Lord has spoke to me that, that so many things that tears down the church today is jealousy and idolatry within the church even. And I'm talking the big church, not this church. I'm just talking in general. But when the, when the church operates in the fivefold ministry, it destroys the demonic works of jealousy and idolatry. And it creates a sense of God's unity and freedom. So I just pray that over this church right now in the name of Jesus. Pray that your spirit move. Fire of God would just purify every heart here and empower us, Lord. We pray for grace. I just pray for more grace for everyone here. Grace is the operational power of the kingdom of God. So I just pray that you would release that right now in the name of Jesus. Release that on your people. Empower them. Speak to them. Let them know what the next steps are. And I just pray all this in Jesus' name. Thank you, everyone. I just ask that the ministry team would come up. And if anyone feels led um, or has any questions or um, just wants someone to partner with them in prayer. And also, don't forget the, f- the, the five that Aaron had mentioned. Um, I think... There's some very specific things there that the Lord wants to minister to. So thank you, guys.